Escape of Limhai's People. After the wicked Nephites became slaves to the Lamanites, Limhi, the son of King Noah, became king over this group of Nephites. Limhi's people were forced to pay to the Lamanites one half of all they possessed. The Lamanites promised not to kill Limhi's people, but they placed guards around their land so that the Nephites could not escape. After two years, the Lamanites began to torment the Nephites. They placed heavy burdens on their backs, slapped them, and drove them as they would animals. All these things were in fulfillment of Abinadi's words. Limhi and his people became angry and attacked the Lamanites. However, the Lord had not told them to wage war, and without his help, they lost bitterly. Three times they went to battle, and three times they were beaten. Hundreds of Limhi's people were killed. Finally, after much suffering, the Nephites began to humble themselves, hoping that the Lord would deliver them out of their afflictions. Then one day, Gideon, one of Limhi's great warriors, came to the king with a plan. Behold the back pass through the wall on the back side of the city. By night the guards of the Lamanites are drunken. Therefore let us send a proclamation among all this people that they gather together their flocks and herds so that they may drive them into the wilderness by night. King Limhi agreed with the plan and Gideon took some wine to the Lamanite guards. The guards drank the wine until they were drunken, and then they fell into a deep sleep. While they slept, Limhi and his people crept past them with their flocks and herds and escaped into the wilderness. Limhi's people were then led to Zarahemla, where they joined King Mosiah and the main group of Nephites. Conversion of Alma the Younger Alma was very concerned. As the spiritual leader of the Nephites, he was aware that many of the young people did not believe in God. They would not be baptized and would not join the church. Alma was concerned about these young people, but even worse was the fact that the faithful members of the church were being mocked and scorned by the unbelievers. Alma was also heartsick because his own son, also named Alma, was a leader among the unbelievers and was doing all he could to destroy the church. Alma the Younger was one of the very vilest of sinners. He was a wicked and idolatrous man and a great hindrance to the work of God. When the people listened to his flattering but untrue words, their faith in the Lord faltered, 
and Satan began to have power over them. Slowly they were led away from the truth. In spite of Alma the Younger's wickedness, his father still loved him. He never gave up hope that his son would repent and live a better life. He longed to see his son happy and faithful in the church. Together with many other people, he prayed that somehow his son would have the desire to change. Young Alma had four friends who were sons of King Mosiah. They, too, were wicked. They joined Alma and traveled throughout the land, seeking to destroy the church. One day, while they were engaged in their evil purposes, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. When the angel spoke, his voice sounded like thunder and caused the earth where the young men stood to shake violently. Alma and his friends were so frightened that they fell to the ground. The angel commanded, Alma, arise and stand forth, for why persecutest thou the church of God? Obediently, Alma stood and listened to the angel. He was told that his father had been praying for him. His father had asked God to give Alma the younger a knowledge of the truth. The angel explained that he had been sent in answer to the faithful prayers of Alma's father. The angel had come to convince young Alma of the power of God. As the angel spoke, the earth shook, and the angel asked Alma, Now behold, can ye dispute the power of God? Doth not my voice shake the earth? And can ye not also behold me before you? I am sent from God. Go thy way and seek to destroy the church no more that their prayers may be answered, even if thou wilt of thyself be cast off. With these words, the angel departed. Alma and his friends were so astonished that they again fell to the earth. With their own eyes they had seen an angel of the Lord. They had heard his voice, and had felt the ground tremble when he spoke, they knew that only the power of God could cause the earth to shake so violently. Alma the Younger was so overcome by the things he had seen and heard that he was left powerless for several days. He could not speak or even move his arms or legs. When his friends saw how helpless he was, they carried him to his home and laid him before his father. Alma the elder was overjoyed when he heard what had happened to his son. He knew his prayers were being answered and that the Lord was helping his son know the truth. He was so happy that he invited a multitude of people to come and see the result of the prayers they had offered. Then Alma asked members of the priesthood to fast and pray that the Lord would open the mouth of Alma the Younger so that he might speak, and also that his arms and legs would receive their strength. For two days and two nights they fasted and prayed. 
During this time, Alma the Younger lay motionless. He was going through the difficult process of repentance. He was being tormented by his sins, remembering how he had rebelled against God. He realized he had led many people to do evil. The very thought of coming into God's presence racked Alma's soul with horror. He thought, if only I could be banished and become extinct, both soul and body, that I might not be brought to stand in the presence of my God to be judged of my deeds. Admitting all his sins was an agonizing and painful experience. He was deeply sorrowful and ashamed. In the midst of this despair, young Alma remembered that his father had said that Christ would come to the world and suffer for the sins of all people. For the first time in his life, Alma the Younger pleaded for forgiveness, crying, Oh, Jesus, thou Son of God, have mercy on me. At last, Alma's suffering was replaced by a feeling of exquisite joy when he realized he had been forgiven. He knew that the Savior loved him, and an overwhelming love for the Lord filled his whole soul. He had a powerful testimony of the truths he had been taught. Young Alma arose from his bed and began to speak to the people. It must have been a special thrill for his father to hear him say, I have repented of my sins, and the Lord has forgiven me. He bore testimony to the people saying that although he had once rejected Jesus, he now knew that Jesus was the Son of God and the Redeemer of the world. Alma the Younger and the Sons of Messiah completely changed their lives. Instead of trying to destroy the church, they traveled throughout the land to correct the wrongs they had done. Everywhere they went, they admitted their sins and told of their conversion. They explained the prophecies and scriptures. Their testimonies were strong, and many believed them. Others were angered when they heard Alma and his friends preaching, but this did not discourage them. They knew that they had learned the truth, and they wanted to share it with everyone. They wanted everyone to experience the joy of righteous living. The Mission of Alma and Amulek Sad and discouraged, Alma the Younger trudged away from the city of Ammonihah. 
the wicked people had spit upon him and cast him out of their city, refusing to listen to the word of the Lord. He was weary with much sorrow, but while he traveled, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, Blessed art thou, Alma, for thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments. I am sent to command thee to return to the city of Ammonihah, and say unto them, Except they repent, the Lord God will destroy them. Alma hurried back to Ammonihah and entered the city by another way. He was hungry, for he had fasted many days. He approached a man and asked, Will ye give to an humble servant of God something to eat? The man answered, I know that thou art a holy prophet of God, for thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision, Thou shalt receive. The man, whose name was Amulek, was a wealthy, honored citizen of Ammonihah. Amulek took Alma into his home. He fed Alma, and Alma taught Amulek the gospel. After many days the Lord commanded Alma to take Amulek and to go forth calling the people to repentance. Again the people became angry. Then Amulek arose and began to speak. Some of the people started to listen, for now there were two men bearing the same testimony. However, clever lawyers stepped forth trying to trick Alma and Amulek into saying something wrong, so that the lawyers would have a reason to condemn them to prison or death. Zeezrom, one of these lawyers, was expert in the cunning ways of Satan. He tried to trick Amulek and even offered him money if he would deny God. Instead, Amulek spoke with great power about Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Amulek explained what would happen to those who refused to believe and who continued in their sins. Zeezrom began to tremble. He had always been able to confuse others with his words, but Amulek had caught him in his lying. When Alma saw that Amulek had silenced Zeezrom, he added his testimony. The Lord revealed Zeezrom's thoughts to Alma and Amulek, and when they told him his own evil plans, Zeezrom became more frightened. He was becoming more and more convinced of the power of God and of his own wickedness. Zeezrom knew that if there really was a God who would judge everyone according to his works, he was in trouble. Alma's words pierced deeply into his soul, and the Spirit of God bore witness to the truth. Wanting to know more about God and his laws, Zeezrom asked, What does this mean which Amulek hath spoken? Alma explained Heavenly Father's plan of life, death, and resurrection. He then stretched forth his hand and cried, Now is the time to repent. Although Zeezrom and some of the people believed Alma and desired to repent of their evil ways, most of the people would not listen. They took Alma and Amulek, bound them with strong cords, 
and took them before their chief judge. Zeezrom was painfully aware of the evil he had done. His guilty conscience caused him to cry out, Behold, I am guilty, and these men are spotless before God. He pleaded for the people to release Alma and Amulek, but they turned on him and the others who believed cast them out of the city and threw stones at them. While forcing Alma and Amulek to watch, the wicked people took the wives and children of those believers who had been driven out and cruelly cast them into a large fire. They also burned the sacred records and scriptures. When Amulek saw the pain of these innocent people, he turned in agony to Alma. How can we witness this awful scene? Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. Alma answered, The Spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. Alma knew that the Lord had a purpose in letting those people die. Even though the righteous people had suffered a terrible death, they were going to a better life. They would be exalted and live once again with Heavenly Father, where they would be happy forever. The wicked people were the ones to feel sorry for. They would not be able to return to Heavenly Father unless they fully repented. When the fire died down, the chief judge came and stood haughtily before Alma and Amulek. He slapped them on their faces, mocking them because neither they nor the Lord had saved their people. What say ye for yourselves, he called out. When the two men did not answer, the chief judge angrily struck them again and instructed his officers to cast them into prison. Many lawyers, judges, and others came into the prison to question them, but Alma and Amulek answered nothing. These evil men came back day after day, slapping the prisoners, spitting on them, and demanding that they speak. They withheld food and water from Alma and Amulek and took their clothing. Alma and Amulek suffered hunger, thirst, and humiliation for many days. One day, the chief judge came into the prison, followed by his teachers and lawyers. When the judge stood before Alma and Amulek, he slapped them again and mocked them, saying, If ye have the power of God, deliver yourselves from these bands, and then we will believe. The other men who were with the judge walked in front of the two prisoners, 
each struck Alma and Amulek and repeated the same words. After the last one had finished, Alma and Amulek stood on their feet. Filled with the power of God, they broke the cords with which they were bound. The chief judge and his men were so frightened that they ran, but they fell to the earth before they reached the outer door of the prison. The earth shook, and the walls of the prison split and fell, killing everyone inside except Alma and Amulek. When the people of the city heard the shattering noise, they ran to see what was happening. When they saw Alma and Amulek walking out of the crumbled prison, the people were struck with fear and fled in terror. Alma and Amulek left Ammonihah and went to the land of Sidom, where they found the believers who had been cast out of Ammonihah. Zeezrom lay sick with a burning fever, which had been caused by his own guilt. He thought Alma and Amulek were dead, and he blamed himself. When Zeezrom heard that Alma and Amulek were alive, he sent a message asking them to heal him. Alma went to Zeezrom, took his hand, and asked, Believest thou in the power of Christ unto salvation? Zeezrom had repented and answered, Yea, I believe all the words that thou hast taught. If thou believest in the redemption of Christ, Alma assured him, Thou canst be healed. Alma prayed to the Lord for a special blessing, and Zeezrom leaped to his feet and walked. Because of Zeezrom's strong faith, Alma baptized him and sent him forth to preach. Amulek had given up his gold, silver, and precious things and had been rejected by his friends and relatives for accepting the gospel. But he had become a powerful missionary for the Lord. A short time later, just as Alma had prophesied, the wicked people of Ammonihah were destroyed in one day by the Lamanites, their great city, which they had said God could not destroy, was left desolate. They received their punishment, and the innocent people they had killed received their eternal blessings. Ammon, Missionary to the Lamanites Ammon and his brothers, the sons of King Messiah, begged their father to let them go on a mission to the Lamanites. King Messiah was not sure he should let his sons go because the Lamanites were a wicked people who delighted in the shedding of blood. Messiah prayed and asked the Lord. The Lord said, Let them go up, 
for many shall believe on their words, and I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. One of Messiah's sons could have been the next king, but they desired to be missionaries instead. When some of Ammon's friends heard about his desire, they laughed. They thought it was a waste of time to try to teach the wicked Lamanites, but Ammon and his brothers wanted every person to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. They departed out of the land of Zarahemla and traveled to the land of Nephi, where the Lamanites lived. While they journeyed, they fasted often and prayed that they might be instruments in the hands of God to bring the Lamanites to the knowledge of the truth. After arriving in the borders of the land of the Lamanites, they separated, each going a different direction. Leaving the others, Ammon went alone into the land of Ishmael. When he entered the land, he was captured and thrown into prison. The Lamanites tied him up as an enemy and dragged him before their king, asking whether they should kill him or not. Surrounded by Lamanites, Ammon faced King Lamoni fearlessly. Lamoni asked Ammon if he wanted to live among the Lamanites. Humbly, Ammon replied, I desire to dwell among this people for a time, yea, and perhaps until the day I die. This answer pleased King Lamoni greatly. So he had Ammon untied and offered Ammon one of his daughters for a wife. But Ammon had come to do missionary work, so he answered, Nay, but I will be thy servant. So Ammon became a servant to King Lamoni. Three days later, Ammon and other servants were driving the king's flocks to the watering place, when a wicked band of Lamanites came and scattered the king's sheep. Now the king will slay us as he has our brethren because their flocks were scattered, cried the king's servants. But Ammon was filled with joy. Now he would have a chance to show the Lord's power and gain the servants' confidence so that they would believe his words. Be of good cheer, encouraged Ammon. Let us gather the flocks that we may not be killed. The servants rushed to gather the flocks, but the band of wicked Lamanites came again. Encircle the sheep that they will not be scattered, directed Ammon and I will go and contend with these wicked men. The Lamanite robbers were not afraid of Ammon, for they thought that one of their men could easily kill him, but they did not know that the Lord had promised King Mosiah that Ammon would be protected on his mission. Trusting in the Lord, Ammon went to fight the men alone. Ammon used his sling to slay six of the wicked men with stones. But the robbers were unable to hit Ammon with their stones. Angrily, they rushed at him with their clubs. But when they raised their clubs, he smote off their arms with his sword. Frightened, the evil men fled before Ammon. The servants tending the sheep were amazed they gathered up the cut-off arms, carried them to King Lamoni, and told him all that had happened. Surely this is more than a man, pondered the king. Behold, is not this the great spirit? 
who does send such great punishments upon this people because of their murders? Whether he be the great spirit or a man, the servants answered, we know not, but this much we do know, that he cannot be slain by the enemies of the king, neither can they scatter the king's flocks when he is with us. Where is this man that has such great power, King Lamanai asked? Behold, he's feeding thy horses. Lamanai said, Surely there has not been any servant among all my servants that has been so faithful as this man. Now I surely know that this is the great spirit, and I would desire him that he come in unto me, but I dare not. When Ammon returned to report that he had finished his work, he was surprised to see King Lomani's countenance changed. Ammon turned to leave, but the king's servant stopped him, saying, Rabbana, the king desireth thee to stay. Ammon turned to the king and asked, What wilt thou that I should do for thee, O king? But Lamoni did not know what to say. Then Ammon asked again, What desirest thou of me? But still the king could not answer. Being filled with the Spirit of God, Ammon understood the king's thoughts. You marvel because I defended your flocks, exclaimed Ammon. But I am thy servant, and whatsoever thou askest of me which is right, that will I do. Finally King Lamoni spoke, Who art thou? Art thou that great spirit who knows all things? I am not, Ammon answered. Then by what power do ye know my thoughts? And do these great works, questioned the king. If I tell thee, wilt thou believe my words, asked Ammon. And the king exclaimed, Yea, I will believe all thy words. Now the Moni was ready to be taught the gospel. Ammon taught him about God, the creation of the world, and the purpose of life. He told Lamoni of Lehi, Laman, Lemuel, Nephi, and their history. The king believed Ammon and began to pray, O Lord, have mercy upon me and my people. Then he fell to the earth as if he were dead. Lamoni's servants carried him to his room, where he lay lifeless for two days and nights. At the queen's request, Ammon came to see her husband. Ammon assured her that Lamoni was not dead, but would arise the next day. The queen believed, and the next day, as Ammon had promised, King Lamoni arose. He told all the people in the palace that he had seen his Redeemer. He then taught them many great things, 
Lamoni and his servants were so overcome that they all fell to the ground except one Lamanite woman named Abish. She had earlier been converted because of a vision of her father. Hoping to convert the people of the city, Abish ran and told them what had happened. They all gathered to see the remarkable event. One of the men who came was a brother of one of the wicked men slain by Ammon. He stepped forward and drew Ammon's sword to kill him, but as soon as he raised the sword, he fell dead. Everyone was amazed and began to argue about why this had happened. Abish felt sorry that they were all fighting, and she took the queen's hand to arouse her. The queen stood and praised Jesus. The king awoke and stopped the contention among his people. Soon the others awoke. Lamoni began to teach the people the words of Ammon, and many were baptized. After the church had been established in the land, the Lord told Ammon that his brothers were in prison. So Ammon and Lamoni traveled in the king's chariot to help them. When they reached the borders of Lamoni's land, they met Lamoni's father, who was king over all the Lamanite lands. "'Why did ye not come to the feast I made unto my sons?' demanded Lamoni's father. "'And whither art thou going with this Nephite?' Lamoni told his father all that had happened. Lamoni's father was greatly angered and commanded Lamoni to kill Ammon. "'I will not slay Ammon!' exclaimed Lamoni. Angrily, the king's father drew his sword to attack Lamoni, but Ammon stood forth and said, Behold, thou shalt not slay thy son. Then Lamoni's father turned on Ammon, but Ammon wounded his arm and threatened to kill him. Lamoni's father cried, If thou wilt spare me, I will grant unto thee whatsoever thou wilt ask, even to half of my kingdom. Ammon could have asked for riches and land, but instead he said, If thou wilt free my brothers from prison, and allow Lamoni to retain his kingdom and govern according to his own will, then will I spare thee. Lamoni's father was astonished at Ammon's love for Lamoni and his unselfishness. Lamoni's father granted the request and asked Ammon to teach him the gospel. Thus, all the Lamanite lands were open to the preaching of the gospel.